0: Okay, so we got Annette Atkin to start off our day today, and I'm so excited to have her here. So <clears throat> Annette is, uh, runs Pure Insights Counseling. She's a training and consultancy, which is consultancy services. She is a clinical counselor with 30 years experience. She started out in youth and family counseling, addictions, and for the past 16 years, Annette has had a private practice called Pure Insights Counseling lower mission. She works with adults, youth, families, and couples. Today, Annette is going to talk more about trauma responses versus activating our wise brain, self-esteem, understanding early attachment, and how this impacts conflict, connection, and where we put our energy. So, so excited to have you here, Annette. I will turn it over to you. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks.
1: So I guess today when we talk about sort of this trauma versus I call the we brain, um, trauma brain is like fight, flight, freeze, fall over and fix. And my the we brain is compassion, empathy, and being able to be accountable in a relationship. Now, this is all great words, but part of needing to know when people come to counseling, they're looking at sort of I'm looking for what was our early childhood like? Like, what, what were the attachment needs in the beginning that, um, that we maybe needed to adapt to? Like, we had to adapt in our family of origin. None of us got through life unscathed. So I always say, like, what is your style? Do you fight? Do you flight? Do you kind of fall over? Or do you try and fix situations? Um, all that stuff is really primary when it comes to being able to create an intimate relationship. So when I look at attachment styles, and when attachment styles, you guys, is like secure attachment, avoidant, ambivalent, anxious, and disorganized. Meaning that secure so is did I have a securely um, a relationship with one of my parents where I could be known? Maybe I could cry, I could be direct emotionally. I felt safe in that relationship, and I felt like that person was there for me. Um, The other piece of that is an avoidant attachment when in your childhood, maybe you're more of a latchkey kid. There wasn't a lot of people guiding you or having conversations about feelings. And then ambivalent anxious is, they're there for me, maybe not there for me. And then disorganized is more like scary experiences. Did I get raised with a parent that got, that raged? Or was there a ton of family conflict Um, did in our family of origin did I have an alcoholic parent who was sort of unavailable, which in sense that I would have another parent was feeling abandoned and distressed in the relationship. So when I talk about this stuff, I kind of like get a history for people. So I always think, okay, when I meet with someone, it's like, let's get emotionally honest about what you're looking for from counselling. And an understanding of family of origin and also how to teach skills, like, what do I need to learn how to do in order to be able to um, have a healthy relationship, right? And, and I've got my own story, like, I've had to learn along the way some of this stuff where, you know, I learned some maladaptive things in my own childhood, and now I've got a bit of a program. So when I say 75% of our emotional map happened from about zero to seven, we go into life with a program. You know, we're on the lookout for things that we're fearful of, things that might hurt me, right? So we adapt, and then part of that is that affects our self-esteem. So my big question is, how do I behave when I'm triggered, when I'm failing, when I'm making a mistake? How do I behave? Well, we behave based on our history, um, and we need to know how to rescue ourselves. So sometimes we want our partner to rescue us, and and they're not always going to be able to rescue that. Our job is to understand what our triggers are and to be able to learn to soothe ourselves enough to be able to respond to situations in a more healthier way from that we brain that I was talking about, that I can hold space for you and for me, and for me to be able to listen, even though I'm hurting about this, to listen to you, And to try and understand where you're coming from and vice versa, which that is a skill, right? That means that when my trauma brain is activated, I'm not capable of doing that in this moment. I may need to take a break from the situation. And when I take a break from the situation, I need to let my partner know, look, I just need an hour. I'll come back. Because if I turn away and I don't come back, that's a rupture in our connection and it's in the repair. When I talk about relationship, it's like harmony, disharmony, and repair. The work happens when the disharmony is trying to move into repair. How do we repair? Now, if I'm in a relationship with someone who's active in an addiction, they're not ready to do that yet they are turned away from the relationship and going to a practice to soothe themselves, but they haven't engaged in the relationship. So say I'm working with a couple, I'm gonna work with that man or woman who's active in their addiction first, and then we're gonna help heal them and get into some daily practices. Because I don't think, like our adapt to, when we adapt it as children, like we don't just get over trauma. It gets, has less power over us as we, I would say, kind of choose either room A or room B. So room A is my reactivity. That is my old programming. Room B is how do I get to room B? Like, how do I um, calm my nervous system down enough to be able to make a conscious choice and for me, that's, you know, kind of spiritual work to be able to, um, rescue myself, to be able to, I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, not go into that sort of programming that would defend me, that would, um, be scared. Like I'm going to go into this automatic response, right? And how we get out of that is we, we actually need to be devoted to, a different practice. So when I say, you know, disciplined, it's devoted to something um, emotional for us. like being able to say, you know, I'm on a daily basis. I want to be devoted to taking not room A, but room B. When I'm triggered, I'm going to be mindful and take a break in that moment to be able to come back and say, hey, like, when you said that i told myself that you um didn't really care about me or that i wasn't important to you um and so many people will say well what if i'm doing that annette and my partner is just not interested in having those kinds of conversations or maybe they're stonewalling because they have some of their own trauma and i would say that um One of the questions would be, is there enough in this relationship that you love? Is there enough in this relationship that's important to you? Um, If if you need more, you need to get in there and keep trying and maybe encouraging to go to counseling, right? Get your partner to go to counseling or yourself to kind of help you um, maneuver yourself in that, right? Because... I think, you know, Tara Pillings will talk in the next workshop. I love Tara. She's great. Is like, how do you get better results in your life, right? So I think Tara will talk more about similar to what I'm talking about, about our program and when we go into life, right? But what are we focused on? Because kind of whatever we focus on grows. So we want to be putting our, our energy into things that are healthy, good practices, holding our power, we want to not feel like a victim to our lives, you know, and so if we're feeling like a victim and complaining and still in those same patterns, we're not really in that sort of vitality of life. You know, we say that relationships are different than our history history. You know, um, we have less expectation of our relationship. We raise children, there's a provider in the family. We have a community of people, but in this day and age, we're, we're growing, we're progressing too. And um, we need to learn how to understand our histories and how to be intimate. Um, what it means to repair. And I always use an example of a mother-child relationship in the beginning. And, and parents will know this, men and women, when you have a baby, it's freaking overwhelming. It's probably one of the hardest times. But we're so devoted to that baby, to meet that baby's needs, to to be the best we can. And it's an experience of relationship, right? So again, it's, you know, the harmony of having a baby, but there's lots of disharmony and we're needing to repair and to figure out what that baby needs. And so when we think of relationship as a couple, people think, well, I just want to be able to hold hands on the beach and have fun and But realistically, that's not what relationship is. Relationship is about harmony and disharmony. We're not gonna get along all the time. We're gonna have differences. Um, the, The message would be is like, but how do we get to the repair? And from the harmony to the repair is where the beautiful stuff is, you know? And so we can get back to having a real authentic relationship one that um that people sort of think wow like I have so many couples in my relationship that have been able to create this and it hasn't come without some digging deep and probably a desire because maybe their family of origin was a a bit messy you know it was painful and they didn't want that so they're pretty committed to wanting to take door b not a and so um like I say we're, we're kind of millennials are actually kind of coming in and thinking okay so what is relationship going to actually look like you know and so when I work with people I mean I get all kinds of different issues coming to the table whether somebody's coming to work on their addiction you know when I talk about depression I think you know that's often a really awful relationship with myself that I am being way, way too hard on me, not being gentle with me, not learning to um, be kinder. Because in self-esteem, you know, when I talk about self-esteem and couple relationships, one can hop up into a grandiose position looking down, another person might go into shame. Um, We have an intimate relationship when the shame person can come up. And the grandiose person can come down and we can be um, more real and know that we both have brokenness from our history and we picked each other for a reason because we can wound each other but we can also have the capacity heal together if we know how to get there right what it mean then if say a partner is struggling with depression is that when they're making a mistake, they're going to be really, really hard on themselves. And what we're wanting to learn how to do in counseling is, is to, to not, to not, to know that we all make mistakes. Like how do I learn to be gentler with that part of me that, and come back to my partner to be able to be accountable for our partner to have compassion and empathy for our partner's story, right? We don't know what the story is until we actually hear it. And it softens us in terms of understanding why we have, maybe some people have more defenses, you know, because when we're in the trauma brain, it's a whole other circuit in our brain. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's gonna take us down to that trauma script and that program right? But we, um, t- to get into the wee brain, we do need to know how to have a practice in our lives. And some people talk about like meditation being a practice, that that's one of the ways that they've become more conscious, they get energy, they can calm their body system down. Other people talk about yoga, you know, people get into creative things and, and journaling and healthy practices. You know, if I'm going through speed in life, I would say speed and soul don't go together. We have to slow down and we have to be able to get conscious of what our program was. Um, And we don't sometimes even know what that program is. Like if you look at your early mapping and you think about, okay, so how did my dad correct me when I made mistakes? Did I receive hugs and kisses and be told I'm loved? Um, Was I known? Can we be authentic in our family, you know? Um, and what was my parents' download from their history? Like, was my dad abused as a kid? You know, um, how, did he does, how, how did he behave when he was triggered? So all these things are like, okay, so what did I need? So maybe I needed my dad to be gentler with me, or I needed um, more encouragement, more compliments. You know, or I needed a better relationship. I needed my mom to be sober, or my dad to be sober, to be more available. So if I've got all these stuff, this program, I'm going to pick somebody can, who, who can wound me. So maybe they are like, maybe they're a workaholic. They're always working and they're unavailable. But if I had abandonment in my history, you're the perfect partner because you're turned away. I'm going to be scratching at you depending on what my um, trauma response is, so am I scratching? Am I shutting down? Am I feeling hopeless? Am I turning away and going to another way of soothing myself, you know? Or am I fixing, trying to fix that person? Well, all those things don't work in an intimate relationship. So um, partly my job then is to kind of help people learn about how to do that, right? So when I talk about learning the skills, I think we we need to learn to be assertive. So let's say I'm feeling disrespected in this relationship. I need to say to that person, hey, like, I don't feel respected in this relationship. I need you to talk to me more kindly. Um, So when your partner is trying to do that, let's say you've said, I need more respect. And your partner is actually really trying to, in good faith, Um, be softer Um, and we still have that program is that the program is that you know they're disrespectful and we're not noticing when our partner is actually trying then we're still in that sort of programming so we want to be able to pay attention to when our partner is trying when our friend is trying when our child is trying like We need to be highlighting the times where people are actually um, working towards turning toward it. It's like, I want to get it right with you. Um, It's softer, right? Um, Another part that one of the questions I say is, is, tell me what I need to give you in order to get more of what I want in this relationship. So in a couple relationship, You are saying that. Tell me what I need to give you in order to get more of what I want too. We both have needs in a relationship, right? So, you know, what can I do to empower you to come through for me? I mean, those are important questions, right? How, what can I do? Not, not, what can I complain about? What I, what can I tell you? What, you know, you just keep doing this wrong for me. Um, That just fuels the program, you know, and in their program, maybe they felt unworthy and criticized, or they didn't know how to get it right. So you're perfect in terms of a match, but but we're not going to create an intimate relationship there. That's going to be sort of a one up and a one down position. And so as we're learning this stuff, I mean, it's not a perfect journey, but it is a daily devoted practice. Um, I always say, like, what's your why? Why do you want this to be better? Is this enough for you? And one partner might say, yeah, you know, this is enough for me. I'm okay. But the other partner said, no, like, this isn't enough for me. I want more. And so then how do we negotiate what that might look like? Can that person that wants more accept that there's enough of what I really love in this relationship and maybe grieve the rest? Do I need to grieve the parts that are kind of missing, but maybe I could get those needs met from, you know, other parts of my life, you know, other people that, you know, friendships or experiences in life that are going to give me more of that vitality. Um, But it's always individual for each person, right? So I guess, I mean, that's the piece is when we're in the face of our triggers and we're overwhelmed or we're just in survival mode. We want to get out of that. We want to learn how to um, create a more meaningful connection. I think that's, you know, um, what people are asking for now. You know, like I said, in the olden days, maybe that wasn't the expectation so much, right? But I do know with time that the divorce rate went up and partly 70% of those um, relationships Um, came to an end as women initiated the divorce when they joined the workforce um, and they had sort of more financial power like we value sort of this as society you know maybe more power and brave and strong but we haven't um, valued enough vulnerability and compassion and accountability and gentleness and As men are evolving and women are evolving, I think we're at a place now where we need to actually revisit relationships and, you know, and learn about this stuff, right? And so it's kind of a hard time in general too because during COVID time, everybody um, is a little bit more heightened in terms of their nervous system and, you know, fear. And, you know, maybe people are having to spend more time not getting all their sort of needs met separately like you know whether it's going to the gym and doing our daily practice of taking care of ourselves and going to yoga and you know obviously there's a lot more we can do online too to help calm ourselves but even for people who go to church and have spiritual practices you know that's a place that calms them that maybe gives them a break to be able to come back to deal with things Um, we don't have some of those resources sometimes. So we have to be able to resource ourselves and we want to be able to still stay in somewhat connection and separateness, right? Relationships are like in and out, right? They're not like symbiotic and we have to be the same and always together, but they're also not hyper independent and um, with no um, connection and being able to get closer to repair so again, I mean I'm I'm talking about those three things that we're going to learn in counseling, which is let's be emotionally honest, let's understand family of origin and where my program started, what my adaptation was based on my experience, and then how do we build skills to be able to resolve these things and to repair some of the things that happen for us and and repair can look different for different people right we're we're not perfect relationships aren't perfect they're messy Um, you know they're the good bad ugly beautiful Um, but the whole part is beautiful you know if we perceive it that way that life is about joy and pain everybody wants to get to the joy but they don't know how to resolve and be able to repair some of the pain right and so um, as a society we we don't learn that we we numb out you know we we legalize things we we go to certain behaviors to try and soothe ourselves but we haven't actually learned to kind of turn that frontal lobe on like i said the wee brain and even as you know you look at it sort of our president about power and trauma brain versus the we brain, which is a whole other topic. But um, interpersonally and externally, we have a lot to learn about um, how to come back home to um, safety. Like, do I feel safe with you? And are you there for me? But I also need to be there for me. And I know I need to create safety inside of me. So if I'm reacting, I'm not creating safety for me. And I'm kind of out of integrity with myself. At the end of the day, I'm not going to feel good about the way I showed up. You know, and at the end of the day, no matter what, I want my integrity to be in place. I want to feel good about me, right? I want to choose room B, you know, and in room B, it's a gentler startup. is understanding where our partner came from you know and what they need too right and this you know is this about children too like I laugh because I'm talking to a lot of parents right now during COVID and you know kids at home for a long time and kids are driving you crazy and they have their own little programs and and we're kind of trying to guide them and have boundaries for them because Um, kids do need some accountability too, right? But, but um, not aggressive accountability, but accountability per se. And, and then we've got teenagers, which is a whole other developmental stage. I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, so we're kind of telling ourselves, or, you know, hmm, I'm really having to, what do I say? Um, Really pay attention to my own programming when you've got a, a teenager brain in front of you. So it's like, okay. How do I want to respond versus react to this? Do I even want to respond to this? I think maybe we'll take a break and come back to it, like I said, in an hour when, you know, we can leave space to really understand what's happening in that story for them, right? Because they're learning, right? And your brain doesn't actually fully develop till you're about 25. So there's lots of great stuff that can come in with kids as we're sort of, understanding that maybe there's some mistakes that happen in that first six years, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't create some different program, right? Because we're actually, as parents, we're always being able to do that, right? So we want to pay attention to, like I said, daily practices, how my kid's doing around activity. Because when we use our right and left-hand side of our body, it kind of regulates dopamine and serotonin levels. But we also want to look at repair. like. When it's not in harmony, you know, and we've had some bumps, how do we get back to repair? You know, when children are kind of left and parent just leaves it alone and doesn't really talk about it, or they get angry, but there hasn't been another conversation about repair, they turn away feeling not worthy and good enough, right? And so we want to be able to... Um, create that safety again like hey I know that you're beautiful and a great kid and it sounds to me like we went off a little bit today and you know I'm wondering how we could get back on track again what do you think might help us Um, help you help me right in terms of what do you think you might need right and when you engage kids in that frontal lobe of their brain you engage a different part of their brain they're not just into you know fighting and turning away and slamming the door they're actually um engaging in a different respectful kinder conversation because you're esteeming them at first which is something that we actually need to do for ourselves so when i'm in relationship and my partner is disappointed in me how do i esteem myself in the face of that it's kind of like that's when i say a spiritual practice is that when my partner's yelling at me can I esteem myself in the moment? I've seriously, can I esteem myself and know that I'm a good person? And at the same time, can I have a boundary and say, hey, I want to listen to you, but I need you to do it gently with me, right? Or having those real conversations, like feeling I don't feel physically close to you right now. I feel alone in the relationship. You know, having um, a way of, responding versus reacting. And this is a big piece because we can go into feeling like a victim in a relationship. Like, wow, my partner does this all the time. And my partner does this all the time. How about we just pay more attention to how am I reacting to these situations? Because it's in the reaction that I am continuing in a program. And I want to step back from that and be very mindful of how to get myself out of that, and sometimes you know that's why counseling is so helpful. You know, people think that oh, you can't go to counseling because you have lots of issues, and it's just not true. Um, everyone has issues, right? Um, do we have permission as a society to really talk about that? Not really. Women to women probably have more permission to do that. I think men really miss out. On learning about that stuff and having real conversations about their feelings too because they're always sort of been told to be strong or suck it up or you know work it out on a sports field what they're you know angry about but have we been able to give voice to it and and really understand um, how to meet each other and to understand that we're doing the best we can with what we have so far Right. And so, counseling is a really great opportunity for everyone to actually, because life is an emotional experience. So, I think everybody needs to be in counseling personally. And I think in schools, we actually, this is a whole other topic for me, but you know, I would say they need to be teaching our children um, how to fight fair, how to stand up for themselves, um, how to listen and put your own feelings aside in a moment of conflict. Um, we don't learn those skills we just learn what we learn in our program but we didn't get sort of what does it mean to be in relationship you know and some cultures actually have a way more um, relationship oriented kindness that they're teaching in relationship to others and so I think we actually, as a society, need to learn more about that, you know, like, I, I don't want my kid just learning about calculus, um, which is a whole other topic, because that triggers my kid, um, even though she's really bright, I'm like, wow, okay, look how she reacts when she's in the face of something that she's not understanding at all, right, so we brainstorm problem solving and how to face that, but, but, you know, how, how is she going to use that in her life, um, it's probably not going to be something that she remembers fondly unless she's you know wanting to be a math teacher or you know university instructor for um, uh, math um, we we need more relationship skills we need to teach children in elementary school in middle school and high school um, and now you know even with balanced well-being Um, Sean has sort of created this venue for people to have access to this information, to be able to to know, oh, like, I didn't know that, you know, and I've been so busy focused on what my partner keeps doing to me versus understanding, like, why I picked him and um, how to heal myself. And there's so many beautiful spiritual practices and so many amazing people that we can access some of this information to help us get to our next better step in life. So um, carrying on from that sort of standpoint, when I'm in counseling, I'm going to kind of, like I said, take a look at what, what you've come for, like what's not working in your life, right? What is working? Cause sometimes, you know, in counseling sessions, everybody's always talking about the problems and I always start with, well, what's good in your life? Is there anything good? Mm. Cause we forget to talk about what's good. You know, there's lots of really great things sometimes. And sometimes the story is pretty painful cause we don't know how to sort of get some space from it and kind of rescue ourselves enough to be kinder to ourselves, to be gentle and then be in a relationship with someone who's willing to do that work too. And I and I know that it's hard and you know people will say, well, you know my partner's just not interested in coming to counseling. And again, you know, like I said earlier, yeah, even if they're not willing to go to counseling, you can go to counseling. You can do a different dance with them. Right? Sometimes when we're so focused on the problem and our partner feels so depleted and defeated that You know, when we start to come back to our partnership with more accountability and emotional honesty, that can soften a partner. They can start to feel a little bit like, hey, what's she doing? Like, or what's he doing? Right? Because surprisingly enough, you know, people think, oh, it's always a woman trying to get a man into counseling. But I have some men in my private practice who are trying really hard to do things different in their partnership. And they're the ones that pursued counseling. And, you know, like I think millennial um, males and females have a different idea of what it means to be in relationship now. You know, they just, you know, sharing power, sharing childcare, sharing all these things is different right than you know in the olden days where you know maybe a woman would be over responsible in terms of children and a man would be going to work and i'm just stereotyping this right but you know for all relationships whether you know we're in a same sex relationship or opposite sex relationship we're all you know in relationship to people we love but also can wound us and hopefully we can actually create a soup to heal in, right? And when I say that, I mean, soup of shame means we isolate and we're very self-critical, right? When we're in grandiose, we're like looking down, blaming, seeing all the things that the other person is doing wrong, right? Or we're both in grandiose, just doing arguing back and forth, or getting angry, but not really getting to the heart of where we need to go, right? And that would mean that people need to step up. A person that's in shame needs to have more of a voice. They need to turn toward the relationship. A person in grandiose needs to stop blaming. Start looking at my own history. Start to to come down and, and realize that I've got issues too, and I'm hurting. And I have issues from my own past around abandonment or how a parent behaved with me. And I'm trying to get my needs met from this relationship. But really, I also need to know first how to have a relationship with with myself, right? I need to be able to know what that is. And so when I'm in relationship, yeah, I like those two questions I had said, you know, what do I need to do in this relationship in order to... Um, feel like you know you're able to kind of give me what I need well that other person has needs too so when we start to kind of pay attention to that and we can have some real authentic conversations we can actually you know start to kind of get out get in of our program we're not going to get it perfect right so don't think that oh if I had trauma in my history it just goes away (laughs) it doesn't just go away Um, it's there you know, it's kind of like you wake up in the morning with some anxiety. It's like, ah, oh, okay, that's my trauma. Used to be a um, more of a difficult relationship with that anxiety. Like, why am I feeling anxiety and wish this goes away and what's wrong with me? Versus, oh, you know, that's just my trauma. I, I can deal with that. That's just my stuff, right? I, I'm gonna go through the day and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some work on, you know, taking care of me, right? And that's that halt hungry, angry, lonely, tired. How am I doing in terms of my blood sugar levels? You know, how am I doing in terms of my anger? Did my partner piss me off this morning? Or did somebody say something that hurt my feelings? Right? Um, Am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling connected enough? Right? So sometimes, you know, we'll are tired, right? We're not getting enough sleep. Those are the halt those things affect us, right? Just like our negative thinking and our doubting of ourselves and holding on to resentment in a relationship and then procrastinating and turning away from things that I actually really need to do for myself. Like it, it is a daily practice of when I say devotion, it's devotion to you. You know, it means that even when I'm making mistakes, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm gonna be devoted to being kinder to me, but I'm also gonna be devoted to this relationship and I'm gonna try not to take room A, I'm gonna take room B. And room B is where um, the repair is, but it's done in a respectful way. It's not done from that down position and up position or vice versa it's it's real it's like okay you know this this isn't working for me right or but when our partner's trying because you know what our partners try you know they they want to get it right sometimes so it's kind of um hi Shauna I'm thinking oh all right so it's looking like I only have a few more minutes to kind of um close up our meeting for today but um I'm hoping for you guys that you know this has given you some ideas, you know, and like I said, you're going to be probably listening to some other people today that can help you sort of get out of your program too and pay attention to. I think that's what I was saying and pay attention to when people are trying because where we put energy is what grows, right? So if I'm putting energy into my child and saying, okay, you know what? You rock Maya and you know, I just can see that, you know, you really tried to do this today. And I really appreciate that. That means a lot. You can see her little face light up, right? Um, When I'm on her and saying, Hey, you know, you didn't do this. You need to do that. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's not necessarily fueling her, though we do need to have some boundaries with kids and guidance. We need to spend more time looking at what's good Um, and also being, Willing to kind of look at our own stuff and um, and practice rescuing ourselves when we make mistakes and being kinder to ourselves and others. So I hope that that left everybody with a little bit of um, some tidbits for today of what might help in terms of moving forward and understanding
0: relationship. That was fantastic as always, Annette I always yeah. love listening to you speak, and I love incorporating the things that you say. Uh, in my life you've helped me tremendously and I think we've known each other for some like six years or something so yeah you are such a gift and I don't think people you're very humble too on on all the gifts you do give and share you're amazing I've heard from so many people that have come to see you that you're life-changing and really seriously sincerely I just think I'm so so thankful to have you in my life and part of Aww. balance, well-being, and stuff. Oh, thanks,
1: Shauna. Thank you. That was humbling. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm. Leaving.